You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by Bibi, the link builder. Hi, Bibi. She is the founder of Bibi Buzz, where her outreach Jedi Pew Pew Power backlinks for her excellent clientele. She's infamously known for doing world-saving link building advice, as well as creative outreach training and a never-ending line of pointless dad jokes. Hi, Bibi. Welcome to uh, the show. Hi. Can I tell a dad joke? Absolutely. Please. So um, what do you call a fake noodle? Oh, man. I love noodles. What do you call it? An impasta. Impasta? Zing. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Dad joke. You know what? I'm going to keep a dad joke. Uh, counter going here that's one well Bibi, i appreciate that i know it's late over there for you it's early here i i love my dad jokes throughout the day before 7 p.m so for me this is oh, perfect cool <laughs> i'll send you more later. yeah amazing Bibi. i know our listeners are are obviously spread across many different marketing specialties and fundamental approaches to whether digital whether it's media buy whether it's website related i think our listeners are definitely very interested to hear what is your story how did you get into link building how did you get into marketing there is a very brief about me section on your website I, i'm hoping for a little bit more behind the scenes for for our audience so please share with us yeah what's your origin story Yeah. Okay. So for a big period in my life, I was just fucking around with being the eternal student. (laughs) Yeah. So I was pretending to be at university, but I wasn't actually studying. I was working at the same time and partying a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I dropped out. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. I dropped out. And then I had all these odd jobs. Like I sold these giant blow up balloons on the street, which was illegal. So I had to run for the police all the time. And I was a mediator between deaf and hearing people. That was on um, a thing where, mm-hmm. you know, this was before text. So people would type in, the deaf people would type in the text and I would translate it for a hearing person. And a hearing person would say the answer to me and then I would type it in for the, for the deaf person. So those wow. kind of, yeah. And then I was working at the school uh, for, in the financial administration And then I got pregnant and I realized that I didn't want to be in an office anymore. So I started looking into being a social media marketer so I could work from home. And Mm -hmm. I got that job and then I became social media marketer as as a worldwide truck trading company. And they were really ahead of everyone with that kind of stuff. It was like in 2014, they, they were accepting Bitcoin for trucks, which is crazy. And they were doing all the social media. Holy crap. Yeah. But I, I started doing a job because I wanted to work remotely, you know, from home. And mm-hmm. then Definitely. I thought, yeah, then I thought I wanted to have more, uh, make more money for myself. So I Googled how to make money online. And so that's not really romantic, but, it's, you know, that's when I found <laughs> this uh, guy, uh, authority hacker, and they teach you how to build affiliate websites. So I got into affiliate websites and I then got into an internship with an agency that was building these sites together with a bunch of other people. And I partnered with them on sites. But at the same time, I built a mastermind group on Skype. It was just a friend group, really. And they all had their own affiliate mm-hmm. sites. And they asked me to do link building for them, paid. And it was good pay. It was more than I was earning you know, as a social media marketer. 
so I just started doing that. So I, I fell into link building before I even knew what it actually was. And then mm-hmm. I started looking into Facebook groups that were about link building. And I made a lot of connections there. And just clients came at me all the time. So my company, I think it, over the span of two, three years, it grew very fast. And now, uh, yeah, I'm here at Marketing News Canada. So <laughs> that's the background. <laughs> no, that's that's really appreciated. Thank you for sharing. I definitely love to hear offline a little bit more about your time prior and i want to hear about all the times that you were fucking around and why you're running from police <laughs> with big balloons well, what, kind of, what were these big balloons like are you talking about like like how big were these balloons and why were they illegal yeah so i think they were a meter across is that diameter i'm really bad at math this is why i dropped out of uni i was good at statistics though but anyway so i think they were just human-sized balloons and i would sell them i would stand there with the giant and sell them to tourists but if the police saw me i had no permits so i had to run with this giant balloon away from the police it was very (laughs) the easiest (laughs) criminal to to track and find (laughs) yes it was there was no hiding sometimes the balloon would just pop there you go but then you lose your profit margin yeah yeah (laughs) thanks for sharing i'm really curious so as the founder of bb buzz where is BB Buzz today, and where do our where would our listeners need to go to, and and how would they look and find your help? Yeah, so my site is bbbuzz.com. I had to find a business name, and it was the only domain that was available after twenty minutes of search. So I just picked that name. Now I'm regretting it a little bit, but that's where you can find me. <laughs> and yeah, I have a, a team of I think about thirty people. Most of them are in the mm-hmm. Philippines. I have a business partner in Florida and my sister also started working for me. She's in Spain and I'm in the Netherlands and yeah, we have a big brand clients. We have clients that have big affiliate sites. So it's a, it's a range of a lot of different uh, clients. That's amazing. I have a question that's tied to part of what you do, which is, you know, link building and um, email acquisition, email strategy. And definitely talking to you already, I'm, I'm very excited to hear the answer to this. So as someone who thinks about email email addresses daily, day in, day out, I'm curious, what was your first email when the internet first came out and you had to take take something as your own? Because I know I've got a couple bad ones. You mean like outreach up. emails for links? No, no. What was your first email address that you took when you first signed up for Gmail or Hotmail or Yahoo, wherever it was? Yeah, I know which was my first email. It was a student email. <laughs> so it was linked to my oh, university. No. It was my first email. Uh, yeah, really I was boring. hoping for an embarrassing one. <laughs> no, no. And I, I think I always did uh, variations of my name. So I was in a band called Venus Hill. So I did my, my name, Bibber. It's Bibi, but then I did Bibber Hill. So it's always like my name nice. mixed into it. It's not. It's not like giant dildo 666 or something i'm sorry it's not that i was hoping for one of those i was hoping for one of those to be honest yeah it's been an interesting definitely an interesting and pivotal year and a lot of different like watershed moments happened in in marketing right um working within the digital marketing world i know that you know a lot of of my clients and and observing the changes and their expectations and and how things are operated in terms of processes and strategies when it when it comes to covid i'm i'm very curious and and would love to learn from you a little bit in your world you know what are some what are some lessons that you have learned 
from business and clients pivoting during uh, the last year during this uh, pandemic? So I've always been a remote first company. So that's, you know, that there are no changes there. I did move into a hotel as an office at some point because my house was just overflowed, overrun with people. But it's a whole different story. As far as clients go, everybody wanted links before. And when the pandemic hit, they even wanted them more because everything was going online. So it's just uh, crazy times for us to have so many leads all the time that we have, we now have a waiting list list stretching into November. So for us, it's just been good. I think for clients, what changed for them? I think they all had to make the switch or a lot of them had to make the switch to remote work and, and taking their business online. And it's surprising to see that some, cause I have some hospitality clients and I have some yeah. retail clients. It's surprising to see how some of them were able to pull through. You know, you would think a hospitality client wouldn't survive and they did. What we did for that hospitality client was focus on Mm -hmm. their blog and create a sort of affiliate site, ads revenue site out of the the blog part. And that just made their finances, you know, last through the uh, pandemic a little bit. To the untrained listener, can you explain what an affiliate site is and what purpose it serves within Um, link building strategy. Yeah. So if you have a niche or, or a certain topic, right? A topic lives in a certain realm. So let's say you have fitness and in that realm, I have, have a, yeah, I have a fitness, I have a fitness company. Let's go with that. Oh, you great. Know, I have so a fitness company. You have a fitness right. company and, but you're not just a fitness company, you're a vegan fitness company. So you specialize in Got it. talking about vegan fitness, right? Because how are you going to build your muscles and all that stuff? Now, when you talk about all those things, your your audience is going to be interested in what you talk about because you're the expert or you're pretending to be the expert. And then in those articles that you write, there are links in there to products. And when somebody clicks on a link, you get commission when they buy the product or just when somebody lands on the product site. So that's how affiliates... Mm-hmm. Sites works. You talk about something, there are links in there, and then somebody clicks on it and takes them away to another site. They buy a product and then you get commission. Got it. So, as the original vegan fitness site, I would be interested in affiliate links because it allows users to find or potential audience members, customers to find me on another page. And there's a, it could be an incentive like like a commission or a link or a link click commission or something like that. Yeah. Interesting. That's awesome. So when you're the vegan fitness guy, you need to rank on keywords that are relevant to those products. And if you get other sites that are relevant to the product or to the audience to point to your site, they say like, hey, he's the vegan fitness expert, uh, then you become more important for Google. So if somebody types in like the best vegan protein, your site comes up because there are all these other sites that are linking to you. That's what link building can do for an affiliate site. Definitely super valuable and, and can see how, you know, what, what you do really helps brands start to get more organic uh, search results and, and click through some Google. Now, the Tokyo Olympics are on right now. So yeah. something that I like to do is, you know, I find myself not even like to do something that I do without even thinking is when I see advertisements 
I can't help but to pick it apart and try to understand what is the campaign behind what I'm seeing right now. And ultimately, what is the conversion I'm looking for out of this? What part of the sales funnel does this speak to? You know, I just, it, it happens organically. And as, as I'm sure it happens to you when you see sites, you just automatically audit them based on your profession. So with something as big as the Tokyo Olympics on right now, as someone in your industry and as a professional leader within your industry, where does your mind go when you're watching, cheering on your country for, for Tokyo Olympics? How, where do you think about like the utilization of some of your strategies and some of the tactics that you may recommend to companies to basically leverage off of the Tokyo Olympics and, and use some good affiliate site strategy? Where does your mind go? So for affiliate site strategy, I don't know, maybe you could look into what people like about Olympians and, and tap into that, you know, like sleep like an Olympian because... Mm-hmm. Their beds is really a big topic right now. So you could kind of news check that. The cardboard beds. Yeah, the cardboard beds. So if if you if you talk about sleeping and Olympians, then, then you can uh, weasel your way into that conversation, right? So you can create some content <laughs> or ads or whatever. And then that could link out to maybe sleep supplements or other, to a mattress or whatever, you know, a camping bed or anything that's relevant to that. And as far as link building goes, you could also look at what, what are people talking about. But I think one of the best things you can do is to be the background of a story. So if you know that a lot of people are talking mm-hmm. about certain topics about the Olympics and you just compile all the stats behind that in one article mm-hmm. and you do a little bit of link building to that, then it will get picked up by editors to use in their stories and they will have to link back mm-hmm. to that's one of the i call it stats roundups and that's that's one of my favorite things to do because you don't have to do that ah. much, uh, outreach for it the problem with it is that it doesn't always work and it doesn't always work right away mm-hmm. so sometimes you have to let a, a stats roundup sit for a bit and then it gets start, starts to get uh, picked up and sometimes it doesn't get picked up at all it wasn't just the right time or people aren't finding it and anything like that so with the olympics if you know what people are talking about so i think people are now talking about harassment also of female olympians so if you could compile some stats whether or not there was a topic you know 20 years back or or cases that came out of that or whatever then maybe some reporters would use that as a base for a story so you're the background, they're the story. Got it. And that's that makes a lot of sense. And and thank you for for kind of sharing what where your mind goes. And it's really valuable. And that idea and that concept of newsjacking is definitely one I'd love to talk to you more, more about. I'm sure you've got some really awesome stories throughout the years for your clients, but I'd love for you to kind of take us down memory lane for our listeners and maybe share some of the best newsjacking recommendations you've done with your clients in the past. Actually, I haven't done great at news checking. <laughs> oh, okay. But no, I haven't. But those were those were the ideas I had when you say Olympians. I thought about news checking all that yeah. stuff. What I would do. I actually have a big fail in news checking that I could share. Oh well, let's hear about that. Yeah. All right. Cool. So I have these clients, and they uh, sell experience gifts. Uh, they actually sell some space experience as well. So that that would be very in the news right now. But they also sell going to the Titanic on a scientific mission in a submarine. So you become a mission specialist. You actually have to be, well, you have to really do the work. And you become part of a team and then you go down to the Titanic and, you know, you do all the scientific research there. 
Now, we were researching how to make it juicy for reporters and all that stuff. And we found out that the Titanic was being eaten by bacteria. So in 25 years, it's gone. It's completely eaten up, right? So we made this story about how it's eaten up and how this is the last time you can actually see it, maybe, you know, if you go to the town, to the Titanic, made it a little bit more dramatic. And I was pitching it to a lot of journalists, but I think, I don't know, I pitched it wrong or maybe I pitched it to the wrong people or it was the wrong time. I have no idea what happened. Everybody ghosted me. Nobody replied. I got completely ignored. And then two or three months later, this story broke out on USA Today or something. And then some other big sites, they actually sent a team, a diving team to the Titanic to research how bad this bacteria stuff was. And then everybody was posting about it. And I still have, I still am paranoid that, you know, I was pitching it and then maybe somebody thought, hey, let's check it out. See if it's, you know. Yeah. So that, and, and it didn't mention my client or anything. So I reached out to everybody talking about it and then they ghosted me again. So At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of our listeners, myself included, can resonate with, you know, strategies that we thought were going to be sound and then they didn't and then they haunt you because you see it succeed somewhere else or someone else utilized it. Thanks for sharing. So... BB, myself, I run a digital marketing agency here in Canada and something that our clients, our national clients, international or local, something that they all expect now when we create for them and that we do often is basically social led digital strategies that use their own social channels to drive website traffic and using their social channels as the main driver to specific product pages, service pages, or promotion directly from their profiles. You know, as as these social media channels continue to optimize their tools and their conversion and the, and the analytics available to them. I'm curious, you know, on your end, when you see this influx of social media as a, as a main source of information for some of the younger demographics versus a website when like you and I were growing up, how has, how has that evolved the need for a link building or the lead need for someone in your industry for your clients? And can you maybe speak to that a little bit? Because that's always been for us something that we've had to try to answer for our clients as well. Yeah, so I don't really mix link building with social media. I did do some influencer outreach. So that was having people do a a product review and then writing about the product and then then linking back to the site. So it was a combination between influencer outreach and uh, link building. Of course, my background is a social media marketer. But when I had my own affiliate site, 
I got a lot of traffic from Pinterest. I think it was like 50k a month in traffic or something. For for that side, it was like a lot of traffic. And I really loved mm-hmm. Pinterest because um, I still use Pinterest actually for content research. Because when you when you post something and it gets picked up, it just keeps on going, you know. And it's endless traffic because it just keeps spinning around the system. And it's Google independent, so I don't. When you do Pinterest, you don't really care about any Google algorithm updates or all that jazz because it, Pinterest doesn't care about that themselves. They mm-hmm. do, however, sometimes do their own updates. So they did. I think they banned a lot of essential oil pinners, uh, anti-vaxxers, and all that stuff. So you have to be careful mm-hmm. of that. But as far as now goes with my clients, I don't do a lot of social media. But I think it's really important to do it uh especially with the new generation because they're not gonna read a whole article on yeah that. no definitely and that's really interesting I, i'm really curious when you see that rise in in need for kind of social-led strategies on digital versus website-led i'm curious as to how you're basically evolving your business and being able to say hey like yes social media is important but this side and what i do is equally as important and here's perhaps where this younger audience will still be able to take advantage of strategies that of you of you doing it for your clients that, that drive people to their website i'm just wondering in your space when you see that rise in social ed marketing yeah what do you do on your end to basically still remain a thought leader to your clients and go, well, this is still extremely important because obviously I still know that. And the people that we need to convince and that you need to convince, I feel are those newer marketers who think social is still the most, is the most important thing without considering that all the other side of their digital ecosystem. So yeah, I'm curious, like how do you think you can evolve or how have you positioned yourself to your clients where yes, that could be important, but this is still the main driver of traffic. I'm really weird because I don't like convincing people. So if so, if if a client comes at me and says, convince me that I need links, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I filter out people. So when, when, when I get a lead in, I send them a questionnaire. It's 23 questions. They fill them in. And the person that fills it in takes a lot of time and effort to do that. So they believe in links, right? The person that I never hear hmm. from, they're filtered out. So that's one thing. I never try to convince people that they need links because that, those are not the clients I want to work with. I want to work with people that see the value of links and that pay the price and are, are willing to wait, you know, for, for good links. Uh, besides from that, if you do social media, it's often not, not Pinterest necessarily, but a lot of other most social media things are quite temporary. So you get a boost and you got to feed it again and you get a boost and you got to feed it again. And with links, it accumulates over time. You know, it's compounds. So you create yes. a link and then you do 10 more and 10 more and, and 100 more, whatever. But that effect will still remain. And I think they're both valuable. It's just different. With a social media campaign, if it goes viral, you get a lot of referral traffic at once, which is also great for your SEO, right? And But with links, it's more like long-term and a bit slower as well. It will take a couple of months before you see any results. Definitely. And that was what really was trying to get at. So thank you for explaining that so clearly to our audience. Definitely having both as part of a a balanced digital ecosystem is going to benefit you in different ways. And I find myself just like you in conversations with non-believers sometimes, and I have to try to convince them, (laughs) which which isn't always fun. You don't Uh, need to try to convince them. Just, you know. Well, (laughs) usually I'm talking to like, 
like, let's say like a 22, 23 year old marketing coordinator, you know, someone who's, this is their first job. And to them, they've grown up using social media as their main research tool and their main brand exposure tool. So it is something where, although it can be frustrating, being able to still champion what we do and what you do when it comes to building traffic to the website is so valuable. So it's good to hear, you know, that reinforcement from you as well as a professional. I'm curious as to, you know, what you see in terms of trends. So what trends are you seeing in marketing and brands that you like to follow? Sorry, again, I was thinking about something else while you were talking. I was still thinking about social media. No, no wor- I missed the question. Sorry. No worries. No, 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 not at all. Um, as someone who's basically entrenched in marketing and entrenched yeah. in your day to day, I'm curious as to kind of what, what kind of trends are you seeing when it comes to marketing in the brands that you like to follow, that you're a consumer mm-hmm. of? I think, yeah, I, I'm not really a trend follower that much. Not because I don't like trends, but because I'm just so freaking busy all the time i hardly have you totally. know, to, to stick my head out of the sand and, and, and smell what, what's going on but i am on tiktok a lot and i think that authenticity is a big thing and just cutting through all the corporate bullshit and not how can i say this not coloring in the colors for your audience right let them decide what person they are or what they need or whatever so you just put it out there and make customizable or stuff like that but i don't know i'm not an expert so yeah it sounds like you know what you're saying i love that one the way you put that you know not coloring it in for your audience or not coloring in for your community um and that makes me think about like you know how does a brand create opportunities for their community to create an authentic user-generated content on their behalf and giving them like rough frameworks and then letting them go wild with it, especially on TikTok with, you know, duets and with all the different ways for brands and individuals to collaborate with each other as creators. That, that platform does it really well. So that's really awesome to hear. Would love to be able to tap into your mind really quickly for some advice for our listeners. So for all of our single consultants, our single digital marketing consultants, even to some of our agency owners within our audience, what is the biggest piece of advice you could give them today about working in the digital space? Ooh. Like I said before, what works really well for me is filters. And it were and it's with anything, right? Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid for saying no to certain opportunities. So when I, when a lead mm-hmm. comes in and it's not the right lead for you, uh, just say no, right? Uh, because if you say yes, then it's going to screw you over at some point and then it's going to hurt your reputation. The same goes for if you're link building. So when people look at prospects, so that look at link prospects or sites mm-hmm. they want things from, right? I always notice that the people I train, that they sometimes spend too much time on sites that, that where they're not sure if the site is a good site. and mm-hmm. But I think you have to flip it around. So why are you spending five minutes checking a site upside down every, every angle? And in the same time, you could have found 10 sites that are clearly such good link opportunities. So with prospecting, with determining your target pages, everything, you should just filter everything. If you're setting up your agency and you're thinking, Oh, I need clients, so I'm gonna target everyone. It's not I don't think that's gonna go well. So make some filters so you're mm-hmm. only targeting a specific niche or 
or maybe a specific type of client that's even better you know mm-hmm. then you get the clients that you really want and and you become a success uh, almost automatically because it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy so people should focus more on on filters i think yeah that's know. really awesome and that really resonates strongly no no that's that's great advice i, like I think when you're a younger entrepreneur and you're starting off maybe as a one-person shop, you tend to say yes to everything. Yeah, you know, that's advice that you actually get from some entrepreneurs, I find. You know, say yes and figure out how to do it after to open up those opportunities. Being in the game a long time, that resonates really strongly with me is being able to recognize when to say no and to look at no is actually a good thing when it comes to keeping focused. I, it definitely resonates. So thank you for that. Okay, so another thing I thought about filters was because I do apply them on everything, try to make them automatic as well. So like I said, with the questionnaire, the not suitable clients, they filter themselves out, right? So that way you don't Mm -hmm. spend a lot of time on on the leads that are not suitable. And when you hire a person, for instance, when you recruit and hire, also make an automatic process. So they don't follow, if they don't follow the instructions, they drop out of the process automatically. So that, that's that's the other side of filters. Otherwise, if you use a filter, but you still have to look at all the bad prospects, it's going to cost you time. So optimize your filters as well. Totally. I feel like I have a lot of real life filters that I, I have in my mind for real yes. life relationships too. <laughs> oh, we could do a whole Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I wanted to uh, move into rapid fire questions now, just to wrap it up. Um, And so, so this, I feel like you're going to be really good at this. I'm looking for like one sentence answers at the maximum. So um, just a gut reaction for you. So first is uh, you kind of answered this, but I still, uh, maybe, maybe it wasn't accurate. What was your first job? Wow. My first job. First job. My first job. Oh no. Oh yeah, I know. I was working in a pizzeria. Pizzeria? Nice. Was, yeah, so I was a waitress. I was really bad waitress. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first. <laughs> 17. Uh, okay. Well, what was your what was your worst job? My worst job. Oh, there was a job I lasted only one day. It was a uh, a telemarketer or something you had to call people and then you have to a- had to ask them questions about where they go shopping where they buy their vegetables but the question list was like 50 questions so after one person said oh yes my God. i was just like this bye <laughs> 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 that's crazy all right are you uh are you a night owl or are you an early riser i'm an early riser yeah even if i go out and and drink and party and whatever i just still wake up at 6 a.m it really sucks <laughs> so yeah early riser and i can't work at night i just my brain stops working at 4 p.m okay so right now you're on autopilot is what you're telling me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first thing you marketed are they going to be the big balloons oh yeah the balloons but let's see so my site was about home remedies I think it was ACV, apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Apple cider vinegar. Nice. Apple cider vinegar. <laughs> Absolutely crucial and a nice chimichurri. Absolutely. Oh, nice. Yes. Let's see. What is your album that's on repeat right now? <laughs> oh, my God. It's so embarrassing. It's. Uh, oh, let's hear uh, it. 
It's e-girls. E-girls are ruining everything. You don't want to play it, right? You know, it's really bad. All right, everyone, check out e-girls are ruining everything. You heard it from BB. <laughs> don't listen. It's so like it's about choke. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. Well, there's there's little asterisks there for our listeners. Yep. I'm curious, as you know, w- since you do what you do, what is the last thing you googled? Unicorn pooping. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was my. You know what? Let's leave it. No, let's let's leave it. Let's leave it. Let's leave it up to our listeners to to <laughs> fill that blank in. You know, we like you said, let them color them. that in themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think this one's a really interesting one because it's something that a lot of our listeners need to do and, and everyone has their own way. But like, what is your way of disconnecting? Oh, that's a really good one because I should actually disconnect uh, more often. I haven't been able to do that a lot. So I, w- I, I was going to say reading on my Kindle, but that doesn't, that's not really, that's cheating, right? That's not really disconnecting, is it? I'm kind is of it? looking at a screen still. I don't know. That I think yeah, that's, probably. I think that's disconnecting. I know it's kickboxing. There yeah, you so, go. Yeah, kickboxing. That's disconnecting for sure. Amazing. Um, and then the last question here in the rapid fire questions here is, you know, what is the most important thing that you've ever changed your mind about? Uh, oh, wow. Um, I don't know. I think... Like breaking up with good, someone? Good answer. Good answer. What, did I give an answer? <laughs> no, I think breaking up with a no, person. No, no. Give me a gut answer. Yeah. Oh, okay. gut answer. Okay. Yeah, I think that was the gut answer. Yeah. So I was like, no. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, actually, I have one more. I, I do really want to hear this one. So what is uh, your favorite app on your phone that you can't live without? Oh, I should look. Um my alarm clock. What's the one sucking up all your 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 battery life? Alarm clock. <laughs> alarm clock. Okay, so a lot of snoozes. No, it's not, it's not about getting up. It's about not forgetting stuff. You know, I'm 46 now. I always had a bad memory and now it's like really, really bad. So for everything, I have a calendar, but I also have to put an alarm on my phone. I would die without that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's an app called a calendar that I can highly recommend to you. <laughs> well, it doesn't, it does not, I have to have the calendar and the alarm. It doesn't work if it's just, because of the calendar, the calendar just goes, boop, you know, but the alarm goes, wah, wah, yeah. wah. That's, yeah. Nice. I do the same thing too sometimes. I'll set an alarm for a reminder. Yes. Well, BB, it was definitely really, really interesting as well as really informative to to hear about what you do, your your upbringing, and and how you found yourself where you are today, and and also your approach in this in this world that's constantly you know modernizing and changing strategies. It's good to hear advice and kind of that foresight from someone who's been in the space and been able to create create a company and be successful with it. So I uh, really appreciate your your time with us today. I know this is going to be something that our listeners really appreciate, especially the ones working within digital. Phoebe, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, it was lots of fun. And uh, if you guys want to ask me anything, just look me up on Twitter. I think I'm BBBuzzcom. I might tweet back at you if, uh, you know, if I see it, but I miss a lot actually on Twitter. Yeah, whatever. Just tweet at me and we'll see what happens. 
There you go. And I'm sure some will. Thank you, Bibi. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.